Welcome back everybody to Pharmacy for Me. I hope you all had a lovely Christmas and New Year period and it was safe and happy. I certainly enjoyed some time off um, both the podcast um, and also I had a little bit of time off my full-time job work and relaxed and finally enjoyed having some warmer weather. However, now I feel like it is just smoldering hot, sweltering, sweltering. Very hot. Anyway, today's episode is episode 10, and it is the last episode of a series that I started this podcast for, which is Common Children's Presentations to Pharmacies. I have loved doing this, researching and providing the information to you, and so I will do another series. I'm still looking into and deciding um, what that will be, but I would love your help in that because I want to do what you're interested in knowing about. I have been putting up some polls and question boxes on Instagram to ask you might, what you might want to learn um, more about so that you can, you know, I'm reaching you guys on what you want to know about. Um, but if you haven't seen them, keep a look out because I'll put more up um, in the coming days, especially as things have settled down now after the Christmas New Year's period. Um, or always feel free to send me a message on Instagram because I do see all of that as well. But for today, I'll be talking about the topic of children's cough and cold. Many things can contribute to a child's cough, but for today, I'm focusing on colds more specifically as the cause of a cough. I'll go through other causes still, but with colds in detail, including symptoms, prevention, treatment, and signs your child might need more medical attention from a doctor or to present to an emergency department. I'm going to talk a lot about what not to give in this episode, so I'll wrap it up in the end all nicely for you, because as you will learn today, it is very easy to treat a cough. A cough in a child can be related to many things. The most common cause of a cough in a child is a viral infection. There are hundreds of different viral infections that can cause medical conditions such as tonsillitis, ear infections, the flu and chickenpox. But the most common viral infection that causes a cough is the common cold. Children can have anywhere from 6 to 12 viral infections per year usually with a cough, and most of the time this will just go away within a few weeks without any treatment. Young children especially can get a virus shortly after just having or getting over one, making it feel like they are always sick. They are young-bodied and are building their immune system. As they age, they should get less infections less often. Although so common, many infants under three months of age can become very unwell very quickly. So should be seen by a doctor as soon as possible if a virus develops. A common cold will generally peak in symptoms at about two to three days and will slowly improve over about 10 to 14 days, so about two weeks. The cough itself, however, can linger around and can last for anywhere up to three to four weeks. A virus is spread by bodily fluids. So by the tiny droplets from the nose when sneezing um, or if they've got a runny nose um, or by mouth, by saliva, um, coughing droplets. They can also spread in other ways such as in vomit or via the poo. 
There is usually some time between when someone is exposed to a virus and when they get symptoms. So this can be from a day up to two to three weeks later. The best way to reduce the risk of getting a virus is good hygiene practices. So this is washing hands regularly, not sharing drink bottles, cups or cutlery, teaching children to cough and sneeze into the elbow instead of the hands where they would then go and wipe them on things, using tissues and throwing them out as soon as they have been used and then washing hands afterwards, cleaning toys and surfaces after they have been touched and ensure they are up to date with all their childhood vaccinations to prevent potential life-threatening viruses including measles, mumps, rubella and chickenpox. It is important to be able to describe the cough of a child to your pharmacist if you're going to seek help. And this is to be able to determine the type of cough and the reason for it so that you can get appropriate treatment. You should be able to explain if it is a dry or wet cough. So dry is more like when the child coughs, it sounds like a barking cough, whereas wet is more rattly so that's the mucus or the phlegm you can hear it kind of wet rattly sound it's also important to know if it is worse at a particular time of the day um, so for example it might be an allergy if it's only during the day or if worse at night it could be um, something we call post nasal drip um, where once lying down the mucus then we'll go back down um, into the esophagus and you can start coughing it up. You also should be able to explain how often it occurs during the day and how long they have had the cough. You should also be prepared to answer any other questions, which I'll go through in a minute, that may not seem related to your child's cough, but you're being asked these questions to try attain a cause of the cough. Um, Questions generally will include, um, are they on any medications? So this, as a pharmacist, we're thinking about drug interactions um, for anything that we may um, recommend or any medications that may cause a cough. You need to know or maybe ask, do they have any medical conditions? Because you can't use some medications in certain conditions. You may be asked, have you changed any soaps, washing liquids or moisturisers? This is to determine if there may be a reaction or sensitivity or allergy to any fragrance products. You most likely will also be asked, do they have any allergies? Again, there could be an allergic reaction cough or it may be they may have an allergy to a medication that we want to recommend. Another question is that have they been around anyone else who has a cough or any illness or is anyone else in the household unwell? Um, if it's viral, then it may have been caught from someone. The, your pharmacist would also consider overseas infections. So it's important to let them know or if you're asked about any recent travel, um, particularly, yes, overseas. And, and also whether or not the child's childhood immunizations are up to date or not um, because they may be at more prone to high risk conditions. Your answers to any of these questions are not 
to judge you. It is purely to try and find a potential cause for the cough and treat it appropriately. If you feel judged or unheard by your pharmacist or anyone asking you these questions, then I would go and find a different health professional to help you. So moving along to treatment. In a well child with no symptoms other than a cough and it is not affecting their life or their sleep, then there is usually no treatment required. Coughs will self-resolve, but it can take up to three weeks sometimes. It's important to avoid exposure to any irritants. Um, so these may include pollens, fragrance, cigarette smoke, um, as these things can worsen any coughs, whether or not it's what has... Um, caused it. There is no role for any over-the-counter medication from your pharmacy for a cough alone caused by a viral infection. This includes things such as cough medicines, decongestants, antibiotics or antihistamines. If a cough is caused by a bacterial infection instead of a virus, then there may be a role for antibiotics but you must see your doctor for this diagnosis and for treatment. In large research trials, it has been proven that a placebo, which is no active ingredient medicine, compared to over-the-counter cold medications have no benefit compared to that placebo. And the medications can just cause serious side effects some including death in children under two years. This is um, related to an old antihistamines, especially in medications such as um, like Phenergan. So those really drowsy antihistamines that you can't get without talking to a pharmacist anyway. If the cough is from another source, for example, hay fever with a cough, then you treat the hay fever with, for example, an antihistamine and therefore the cough will resolve. A cough on its own does not need treatment. If it presents with other symptoms, then it may need treatment. Cue colds. So the common cold is caused by a virus and includes... Symptoms such as a blocked or runny nose, watery eyes, sore throat, sneezing, fatigue, loss of appetite, and a cough. As a virus will resolve on its own and cannot and should not be treated with antibiotics, the best treatment is to keep the child at home if they're unwell and attempt to make them more comfortable. And things to do this are by keeping hydrated. So sipping on water frequently. So this will keep them hydrated and also the throat nice and moist. So if it's moist, it won't get as itchy um, and want to cause cough. So hydration is very important, especially if the child has a fever, vomiting or diarrhea. It's very important for infants as well. So keep up feeds or you can also use rehydration fluids 
that have electrolytes in them. So speak to your pharmacist about these um, before, before purchasing or using, but they are very good. Um, they are made specifically with the correct concentrations of electrolytes for absorption of um, and allow hydration. It is not the same as drinking soda or lemonade. So don't do that. Use water for hydration and hydration fluids, electrolytes from your pharmacy. The other thing, if your child is unwell, you should ensure that they have lots of rest. Another thing that can be used is a saline nasal drop, and this can help with blocked noses. So if they have a blocked nose, it can make it harder to feed. So therefore they may have lots of side effects because if they can't feed, but it also reduces the amount of water and hydration, which is very important if they have a cold. So it needs to be cleared out. The saline, which is just like um, good concentrated water, can be dropped in the nose via a dropper. So you can purchase this from your pharmacy and your pharmacist can show you how to use it, but it comes as drops in a dropper. And so you put them into each nostril and then there's like, they call it an aspirator, but it looks like a squeezy ball with a tip on the end. And basically you squeeze it in and pop it up the nose and it puffs out and it sucks the snot out of the nose. So to clear it, um, it's one thing also is to just be careful not to overuse it as it may cause irritation or dryness and then it can cause nosebleeds if it's too dry in there. Um, it's more uncommon with saline, more common with other nasal sprays, but it is something to be aware of. Um, you should follow the directions on the label. Um, a 2015 review of literature research, um, the largest trial showed that using a saline nasal product improved symptoms, reduced the use of other treatments, reduced symptoms reoccurring, and reduced time of absence from school. So that would be good to know because you want to get the kidlings back into any care they can go to. Um, anyway, back other ways to continue keeping them comfortable. So if they're in pain, you can use paracetamol or ibuprofen. Um, listen to my episode on pain and fever for more details about these medications. Um, use them only as directed and according to the label. Paracetamol is only safe from one month of age and ibuprofen from three months. Do not use aspirin ever in a child um, and only use paracetamol or ibuprofen for pain, not a fever alone. Um, do not give them codeine. There is no benefit um, proven and it has serious side effects, including reducing breathing ability and even death. And do not give your child any other remedies other than what is advised by your healthcare professional. Um, it's really important to remember this one because there's a lot of stuff that circulates you hear from different people, you read online, there's lots of um, wives' tales, new things you can mix up at home, you saw something on TikTok, don't do it, and especially or for you 
anyone, but especially for your children without talking to a pharmacist or a doctor or healthcare professional. There is some evidence that honey can help with reducing the amount of time that a child may have a cough. It's one teaspoon, half an hour before bed. This should only be used as a very short-term solution, if at all, as it does have sugar in it, so increasing sugar intake to the child. Also, this should not be used under 12 months of age due to a rare condition that could lead to muscle weakness in a child. I know, crazy it, isn't it? Just something in our cupboard, a spread that you would put on someone's toast, can actually have a side effect in the body. There have been eight trials that show um, that honey reduces cough frequency and five trials that it reduces cough severity when compared to a common over-the-counter cough medicine that you buy at a pharmacy. Due to some evidence, a good safety profile and low cost, honey is suggested as a potential treatment for a cough by the World Health Organization and the uh, American Academy of Pediatrics. Often you'll hear old wives' tales about warm soup and drinks to help soothe the throat, which does not hurt and is soft food that does not scratch the throat. However, it does not cure a cold or cough as such. Also, you should be very careful with any hot food or drinks especially to ensure that they don't burn the child's throat or let it spill on them and cause a burn. The next thing I want to talk about is humidifiers. So these are machines that you can use in a child's room that released a cool mist to add moisture to the air. Its role is that if the child is breathing in moist air, it can loosen any nasal congestion or mucus. Um, it is important only to use cold water in it and not the heated water. Um, and do not use steam inhalation. So steam from hot water being inhaled has no benefit for a common cold and can cause burns, especially if it's inhaled very closely at high temperatures or if the child knocks it on themselves. So there's a lack of evidence. Um, and because of this, the World Health Organization does not encourage the use of steam or cool mist therapy um, by humidifier for a common cold, purely to lack of evidence. If you are using one, make sure that you only use the cool mist only and place the humidifier out of reach of children so that they can't knock it over or on themselves and use only as directed. Next is cough lozenges. So these can be used in children over six years of age if they have no swallowing issues. They should be not used, um, they should not be used in children under six years um, due to the risk of um, choking. So they can be a choking hazard. Um, there is no evidence that they reduce a cough, but the coating um, that they leave in the throat can reduce irritation. If using a cough, lo a cough lozenge, make sure that they're sugar-free is number one. 
um, to reduce the risk of dental decay. Um, I would usually recommend frequent sips of water to help um, with throat irritation as well as keeping up fluids anyway for um, to stay well hydrated and not get dehydrated. But the water also just coats the throat, stops it from getting dry and helps with that irritation. One thing I do want to quickly mention about humidifiers is that they come with usually um, or a lot of the time a light in them um, and a lot of them also you can change the color of the light. So they might only have one option or you can change between different colors or you can set it so it changes colors um, and this can make it you know quite nice for the child to look at or whatever. Um, but the color is actually really important. So we have a natural circadian rhythm in our bodies, which is um, how our melatonin cycles and we have a sleep-wake cycle. Anyway, I'll talk about that. I'm going to do a future episode on melatonin. But we basically have a sleep-wake cycle. And the color blue um, increases hormones in our body to wake us up because it represents morning and the sky and the sun coming up. Whereas the color red um, works in the sleep-wake cycle to represent sunset. So it increases our sleep hormones. So that's why it's always said that, you know, avoid screens before um, two hours before bed because they emit blue lights. Um, so if you have um, any humidifiers or any lights in the bedroom, try and make sure that they're red lights because red um, kind of triggers to the body um, the that to the sleep-wake cycle that it is for sleep time. So if you've got lights in the room, a humidifier, a bedside clock, whatever, um, try and get it to be a red light if possible. Alrighty, so now I'm going to talk about unproven therapies. So most of these are okay to use in adults and the main thing about them is that there is either no or limited evidence for their use in children. The evidence that there is is very low and it does not show any substantial effects. You should always think about what the potential benefit would be compared to the potential risk. So as a healthcare professional, we're always thinking about risk versus benefit. If the risk is too big compared to a low potential, then you should not use it or avoid it. Firstly, antibiotics. They do not reduce symptoms or prevent a cold and can cause resistance to antibiotics by giving them unnecessarily, which means if your child gets sick later and needs the same antibiotic, their body, their body might, in quote, be used to it and then resist it, which results in the child needing much more aggressive treatment um, and potentially more harmful and um, antibiotics. So antibiotics should never be taken just in case. Always make sure there is a need and that they're required. They also only work on bacterial infections. So an antibiotic on bacterial infections, not viruses, which is the common cold. You can always ask your pharmacist if you are prescribed one by your doctor to double check the appropriateness. Next is antihistamines. 
There is no evidence that shows them working to relieve cough or cold symptoms in children who have the common cold. However, side effects can include drowsiness, excitability, reduced breathing ability and hallucinations with some of the older generation antihistamines. Nasal sprays over the counter other than normal saline for 6 to 12 years are not recommended for colds. There's no benefit shown for nasal corticosteroids um, in the literature research. So stick to just a normal saline nasal spray. Over-the-counter cough and cold medicines can cause side effects. The risks of these medicines outweigh the benefits. So there's lots of these on the shelf. Um, there's over-the-counter cough suppressants, suppressants. So these are not recommended for coughing children as there's no proven benefit and they have side effects, again, um, similar to um, antihistamines. So they can cause drowsiness, um, reduced breathing cap capacity. Um, and some of the older ones, which a lot aren't available anymore, but some in some capacity are, um, have led to um, deaths. So over the count, the other one is over-the-counter um, cough mixtures. So they're called mucolytics or expectorants. So these thin the mucus to help it easier to cough or um, clear it by swallowing. These are not recommended for coughing children as again there's no proven benefit and they have side effects including, including potential spasms of the airway, stomach upset and fever. If using any cough or cold preparations from a pharmacy in children older than six years Always ask your pharmacist first and use only as directed. Try to use products that only have one ingredient in them on the front of the package to reduce the risk of overdosing. For example, there's lots of products that have paracetamol in them and often parents will then give paracetamol as well, resulting in an overdose. It also helps if um, there's only one single ingredient in them, if the child has a reaction, you know what it's from. Whereas if there's multiple ingredients, then there's an increased risk of those side effects, um, which I've already, you know, touched on. The next thing that people can use or do use, or it gets mentioned for a cough, is salbutamol or a Ventolin puffer. These are not recommended for a cough or cold. They are not effective for cough in non-asthmatic children. So if your child has asthma and a cough, then you need to follow your asthma action plan. If you do not have, if your child does not have asthma, or then they shouldn't use it. And if they don't have an asthma action plan, then you should book into your GP to get one made up and make sure that everyone involved in the child's care has a copy and knows their asthma action plan. The next thing available and is used is like um, menthol rubs. So menthol eucalyptus rubs, again, they're not recommended. One trial showed that it did not affect cough. Almost half the children in this developed irritation um, from the rub. Parents and caregivers reported improvement of the child and also 
the parents sleep, which couldn't really be interpreted though, as it is so biased from the parent because that's who's reporting the study. Um, if you want to rub something on, rub on some nappy rash cream or some moisturizer as a bit of a placebo. So it feels like you're putting something on, the child feels like they're getting something on them and it might help. Um, I did talk about studies in my first episode about pharmacy for me. Um, if you want to go back and have a listen to it um, about the importance of reporting and um, interpreting different studies. So in terms of talking about bias from the parent. Um, there is no role um, for natural therapies in a child with a cold. They, they're best treated with rest and fluids. Over-the-counter vitamins and supplements have no or very limited evidence to prove if they work in preventing or treating colds. So I'm just going to talk about a few of these. So these include vitamin C, which is not recommended. It does not reduce the duration of symptoms of a cold, but it had no adverse effects. So when you're thinking of risk-first benefit, no benefit, but limited to no risk. Zinc is not recommended. It's unclear if it affects symptoms or shortens duration in children, but it does have side effects including a bitter taste um, and nausea. There's zinc products also used and available as a nasal spray, and these have been associated with long-term and permanent loss of smell. So avoid zinc. Echinacea, um, there was a trial in children aged 2 to 11 years that found no benefit in those who took echinacea, um, but they had an increased risk of developing a rash. So again, no benefit and increased risk. Unproven therapy, so vitamin D, homeopathic treatments, probiotics, and vitamin C. However, I just want to touch on vitamin C because it did not reduce duration of symptoms, but no adverse effects. So, you know, no risk, no benefit here. So, however, um, daily vitamin C has been shown to shorten the duration of a cold by up to 14% with no serious adverse reactions. This is in adults. So, if you want to use vitamin C in your child then you can. It potentially may help with the duration of a cold and it's safe to use. However, always ask your pharmacist first um, to recommend an appropriate um, product and for appropriate dosing. You can't just pick one up off the shelf. Um, there needs to be some dosing um, recommendations for your child. So always ask your pharmacist if that's something that you do want to use. Okay, so we're coming to an close to the end. Um, the final thing I always talk about lastly is when to seek medical attention. So you should always seek medical attention from your GP or nurse on call or pharmacist. Um, if a cough lasts longer than three weeks, if your child is generally unwell with other symptoms, not just a cough and getting worse or not improving um, in 48 hours, a fever higher than 38 degrees Celsius, not drinking very much and has less wet nappies, if the child is under three months of age, if they have vomiting and diarrhea, if they have pain that does not resolve with paracetamol or ibuprofen, 
if they're refusing to drink for six hours, if a rash develops or if they have an earache. And you should go straight to the emergency department and call triple zero if the child has any breathing difficulties, if they are pale or hard to wake, has a rash with a headache, stiff neck or back pain, or has poor feeding or fever in any infants under one month or younger. So coughs are very common in children and are mostly caused by a virus, um, the common cold. Children can experience up to 12 a year. They are best treated with rest and fluids and prevented by using good hygiene. Use a saline nose drop and a sucker to clear blocked noses of babies to help with feeding. You can use honey in children older than one year to help with a cough. Cough and cold medicines and natural remedies for children have no role, are costly and can cause harm. If you are going to use any over-the-counter medicine for children, they should be over six years old and always talk to your pharmacist for them to recommend the most appropriate one for your child. This includes cough lozenges and make sure that they are sugar-free. Seek medical attention if your child has any symptoms of um, what I've just discussed and especially if they are under one month and are not feeding or have a fever or less than three months with a cough. The information discussed today is accurate only up until the date of publication. Remember that information discussed today is sourced appropriately, researched and you can find references in the notes and on Instagram. So make sure you follow me on Pharmacy For Me. So this is the part where I usually tell you guys what I will be addressing next week, but honestly, I don't know. I started this podcast with a vision to give evidence-based advice on kids' presentations to pharmacies. I thought I would start with 10 episodes and just see how it goes. Today is episode 10, which would complete my original plan. So I'm looking for what to do next. I want to do what you guys want to know about. You listen to this, so I want to give the information that you want to learn about. To do that, I need you to tell me. I have put up some question boxes on Instagram about what you might like to see from Pharmacy For Me. So if you answer some of those, it will help guide me for what the next series or should be. In the meantime, I am going to keep dropping some episodes on here for some things that you have asked for previously, not weekly, but I will do them here and there. So watch my Instagram and I'll let you know as they're coming out until I have decided what direction or focus um, for series two should be on. If you have missed any of the question boxes on Instagram and have a thought or recommendation or something that you do want to know about, send me a message on Instagram at pharmacy for me. I'm planning to do a couple of weeks of this um, just to get a vision of what you guys want, um, but also what interests me. Um, so yeah, anything you want to know about, let me know. Cause in the meantime, I'm just doing some ad hoc, um, episodes, um, for you and for me. So I'll try and address anything that you guys want to know about. Um, and then I'll announce what you can expect next from me, um, and where pharmacy for me might go next. So that's all for this week. Thank you for listening. This podcast is where pharmacy is done differently. I'm Katie McGee, and you've just listened to another episode of Pharmacy For Me.
The advice shared via Pharmacy for Me is considered general in nature and does not consider individual and personal circumstances. Pharmacy for Me presents evidence-based information for education purposes only. Always seek professional advice from your pharmacist or doctor if you have any concerns about an individual and medical decision making. Pharmacy for Me is presented by Katie McGee, a registered pharmacist with the Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Authority. The information provided is within the presenter's scope of practice and abides by national law and the Pharmacy Board of Australia's Pharmacist Code of Conduct.